Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. From the After 9 Podcast Studios, this is the award-winning After 9 with Scott and Kat. Powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed or he'll buy it. Hey now. Yo, 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 yo. Have I updated you recently on the mom baking situation? Mom baking? For a while there last year. You shouldn't bake your mom. No, it's true. You know what though? I feel like my mom would enjoy it. Parents are still very stubborn about not wanting cannabis, and I feel like if you guys just tried it, it, you would like it. I mean, I was right at the tail end of that generation with the whole, this is your brain, this is your brain on drugs. Right, right, right. Pass on grass, don't try the marijuana. And now it's legal, and everybody does it, and it's totally fine for you, and even probably has some health benefits, but parents just can't see past it. They still think you're using drugs. Your parents and my parents are around the same age. I feel like same here. I don't think I could ever convince my mom to have... I could maybe convince her to have like a little bit of an edible, maybe, 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 but I doubt it. I'm not sure she... Because I just... I don't think so. But it would be hilarious to see. Yeah. I mean, hey, there's a whole generation of people, maybe two, that grew up in an area, in an era where we were invading other countries that were sending marijuana to North America. Yeah. Now, you can fucking buy it everywhere. There's a store like every five stores (laughs) is a pot store. Every five stores is probably... That's probably a fact. And depending on the city, of course, because God forbid it gets sold in some cities. Mm. It still drives me crazy that there's still some cities that you can't buy pot, Oakville and Mississauga. But anyway, uh, no, I did not get my mom baked. I'm still playing a baking game with her. So she, last year, you'll probably recall, I had to live with my mom for a few months until my house was ready. Yes, that was a fun time for everybody. She got real into the baking because I think she loved having me around and remembered, oh, hey, even though he's much bigger now, he's still that same fat little kid that I used to have (laughs) that loved when I baked. So she got into baking. Now I go out of my way to go and visit her a couple of times a week just to check in, make sure she's okay and not trying to lift stuff that she shouldn't be lifting or do anything extra strenuous. So I'll do those things. But she kept up the baking. I tried to play it off against my girlfriend. Like, oh, look at this. My mom made a pumpkin loaf. Mm? Oh, you didn't, you you know, you had to do the, mm, mm-hmm. like, as if like, what do you got? Well, you know, I think that's, my, a, that's I, brutal. I think my girlfriend is great, but I also recall her telling me when we were dating that she loved to bake. And so far there's been no evidence of that. None she whatsoever. Bake it, she's not baking at all, but she told you she loves to bake. What if she just loves baking, but it doesn't mean that she's going to do it all the time? Well, you I mean, can love something and not do it all the time. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle in that she probably does love to bake, but does not have time to bake. But that's okay because I've got an alternate. Now I just text my mom. So I was watching the great Canadian or British baking bake show. Off? the British Hol- Bake Off or whatever the heck it's called. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that good? They will make a TV show out of anything. anything. This yeah. is just three people that like to bake and they put it on TV. Like as if there was a camera in your own kitchen. Is it a contest? Like it, it's like, a, it's competitive, right? It seems to be, but the prizes on those ones are shit. Yeah. It's like, oh, congratulations. You baked a 20 story gingerbread house and it looks like amazing and a small person could probably live in it. Here's 150 bucks in, in, <laughs> 
Superstore gift oh, cards. Oh, it's not that bad. But you know what it is? It's a chance to, sh- what I think it is as well is it's a chance to show off your skills. Because I've watched some of these shows. You know who's into it? My daughter. And now that th- scares the shit out of me. Ah. Not to like, I, I know you still have more to say on this baking thing, but it scares the shit out of me because I'm not a baker. I find it tedious. It's too messy for me. I don't eat most of it. So why why bake? Like there, I'm not interested in baking. There are whole stores and shops that do nothing but bake and sell it. So you don't have to. That's why I love it, right? And I appreciate other people's uh, cra- craftsmanship in that area but anyway she likes watching those shows that you speak of so we started to watch this cake show this competition and i i think yeah it was was some several thousand dollars maybe so that seems fine but also it gives those people a chance if let's say holy moly it's someone from freaking pickering and they own a bake shop and they they did well i'm gonna call them next time i need a cake see how it works there so it's almost just like an endorsement for yourself so there is something to that as well i assume okay well in this case I saw a great recipe last night, and I thought, this is going to be good. So I did an experiment. I was like, honey, honey, come here. Look at this. They made cinnamon rolls, but instead of regular cream cheese frosting, they did eggnog cream cheese frosting. Oh, that sounds neat. Yeah. I like that. I was like, do you think you could do that? And she said, call your mom. She just yes. totally punted it right back to me. Yes. I think I overplayed my I, hand. I I'll call your same. mom. Ask her. I would have done the same thing. You know what I was thinking? Would it be weird? Because like I just said, I, don't, I just don't like baking. But my kid is really seems interested. And I don't want to be that mom that doesn't allow her to take a look at her skill set and try it out. Just because I don't like something. I don't like that. But my next door neighbor is a really good baker. Oh, like yeah. She used to run a, a, a bakery in Mississauga for years. So she's that good a baker. How do I like... How do I go about asking her if she minds just taking my daughter for a couple hours to bake with her? Because I don't want to fucking do it. Can I do that? Yeah, fucking right. Can I do it? Because I think that she'd like it. She loves She loves my kids. Does this woman have kids that no. like TikTok or anything? Because you could like reciprocate. Oh, yeah. No, for sure. I, I mean, we could work out something here. I could buy all the baking stuff. Like, I don't mind. But like, could you take, could you take her for a couple hours and bake some shit? And then just bring her back when you're done. <laughs> Is that weird? You want to pawn your daughter I off don't. to your neighbor for semi-daycare, semi-baking yes. lessons? Has it? How do you approach that? Do I just ask her? Like, do I just be blunt and be like, hey, you like baking. You're very good at it. It's what you did for a living. You're, you're, can you just maybe teach her a couple things? But I don't want to stick around for it. Oh, see, I think you're going to. I'm going to have to, right? In the beginning, I'm going to have to stick around. So it's not like I'm because I'm not trying to pawn off my kid for her to watch her. Uh-huh. It's just that she really wants to learn how to bake, it seems, based on all these cake shows we're watching. So you, you're going to have to be honest. We're going to spin this as a girl's night for you, your okay. neighbor and your daughter. All right. And you're going to come over with wine. And then once the baking stuff comes out. Yeah, I'm out. I don't know what to do here. Yeah. Or I, I've sprained my thumb. I can't do it. You're going to have to take over here. I'll here's, just sit at the table and drink wine while you guys bake away. Here, Scott, sprain my thumb somehow. Can you- <laughs> <laughs> Can okay, you all right. Finally, you're asking me to do something productive for this podcast. <laughs> Wonderful. Now, how do I want to s- sprain your thumb? <laughs> right, I don't know. Do something. Throw a water bottle at it. See what happens. <laughs> All right. There's a lot to get to in this episode of After Nine. Uh, first and foremost, I do not want to give any credibility or promotion to Vladimir Putin's Russian army. However, behind that Vladimir Putin Russian army are real people and a lot of Russians that don't even want to be part of this war against Ukraine. They got drafted or they got compelled to be in the military and they're really just biding time until it's over. Russian medics performed an operation in the field 
to remove a mortar shell from the back of a soldier. The tail of the shell hit this guy and got embedded in his back. A mortar shell that was what is, live. What is that, by the way? Is that big? Like, like what a, does that look like? It'd be like a bomb. It would be like a little bigger than a grenade, probably. Okay. Ooh, ah. Right. Ouch. The soldier fighting in the Russian army, the illegal war in Ukraine, asked the surgeon not to touch the projectile because it could explode. But the tail didn't explode as the surgeon's yanked it out with their bare hands. The shell was taken out. The hole was sewn up. The patient is now on the mend. Wow. So if you're a doctor and a patient comes in, they got something stuck in them. In this case, it was half in his body and half sticking out. Pull it out, but it may explode and kill us all. (laughs) The doctors actually pulled it out. Unreal. Everybody lived. What are the odds of that happening? I don't know. I'm sure they don't even want to know even now. I, uh, I the, the work that doctors do, shit. Mm-hmm. I really wish I'd gone to school for eight more years. Do I could have been Do you feel guy. useless when you hear things like that? All the time. Yeah, me too. So some people have really great jobs that contribute to society and they're upstanding members that are, are, are there and they serve a real purpose on earth. I don't do a fucking thing. Like nothing. Nothing that I do in you a day is that. You host some charity events and things. You do that free, right? Oh, that's true. And I do do those you for do free. You do some for free. That's something. You know, I've done like. I think like endorsing those kinds of, or, or promoting, sorry, a good cause, a charitable cause is a good thing that we can do. Thank you. Thank you. I, uh, yeah, I do do a lot of charity stuff. But my day to day, my Monday to Friday is not pulling no, mortar no. shells out no. of the backs of soldiers no. or saving lives Mm-mm. or anything like that. Oh, by the by. Did you hear this story about what happened in Brantford, Ontario? It was a five-year-old on a school bus, went to get off the bus, and the door closed on the kid. The driver of the bus, a 64-year-old man, drove at least four to six meters before he realized the kid was half in and half out of the bus. He drove with the kid's feet dangling out of the bus. That is so crazy. I'm going to correct myself. It was in Mount Pleasant, Brant County. Mount Pleasant, okay. Five-year-old child trying to get off the bus when the doors closed. They say it trapped part of their body. The bus traveled four and a half to six meters with the child's legs dangling. That's when the driver stopped. The driver has now been issued a provincial offense notice for careless driving. You have... How is that uh, only a uh, careless charge? You could have killed a kid on a school bus. uh, You weren't paying attention to a five-year-old getting off the bus and didn't realize? I'm... That's shocking because I understand, because I have a five-year-old who takes the bus, I understand what the protocols are for, especially for those bus drivers who do have a huge responsibility. We're so thankful for our bus drivers. And they have a big responsibility in that they make sure, A, there's a parent or a guardian there, you know, upon arrival of the bus. Also, this guy seems really freaking rushed to shut a door that quickly behind a kid. Uh-huh. From what I know, I, I, th- I want to say you're supposed to, but at least you should make sure not only everyone is off, they're safe at the sidewalk, not still on the road after you drop them before you even consider shutting the door. And then you check your mirrors and you check everything else before you roll off. 
how the hell is this guy? Right. So what's his punishment? Like, what's his actual punishment here? I mean, he got a careless driving charge, so his insurance is going to so go he's up. No long, but... He's no longer a bus driver, right? Uh, no, it doesn't say that he's not a bus driver. See, it just says he got charged with careless I don't driving. Like, I don't like that at all. I mean, that's... that. No matter what age the kid is, kids are your priority. That's your responsibility to get them safely from A to B. You're the one who closed the door on a kid and didn't even notice you did it, probably because you were in such a rush to finish up your shift or whatever the hell the issue was. It, that's, that's so infuriating to me. It really is. Yeah. I, when I was little, uh, growing up in Cambridge, I, I was on the bus with my mom and the bus driver, it was a city bus, so there was a front door and a back door. We went to get off the back door as mm-hmm. you were supposed to back in the day. So I got off the bus. Then my mom got off the bus, but her purse got stuck in the door. Oh, darn it. Driver didn't even notice and started driving away. So mom there had to run beside the bus to hang onto her purse until this driver finally saw, oh, shit, yeah, I got a purse in there. Oh, jeez. I don't think for a second it's easy to drive a bus, but God damn no. it, stuff like this cannot no. happen. We need to find a way to make sure that stuff like this does not happen. And we, as people who don't drive buses but drive around those buses, need to be more patient as well and realize that there is a big responsibility for those bus drivers. So don't be that dick that tries to pass them that when they're supposed when they are signaling to get off the side of the road, for example, because I see that so often, especially with city buses. Like, thank goodness not with school buses too much. Uh, I think most people know and they're afraid of any fine that they might get. But with city buses, I see it a lot too. People just trying to scoop by real quick, even though that bus is signaling like, okay, I'm done at the stop here. I'm going to go back on the road. And people try to squeak by. Uh, it's, people are just rude. People are rude. Coming up, we are going to talk about the Freedom Convoy. And I want to talk about the, the state of the industry that Kat and I work in coming up in a few. But just a couple more things first. One in four... U.S. soccer fans. I don't think of the U.S. as a soccer-loving nation. They love football. Sure. They really like basketball. They're learning. Baseball. Baseball. They like baseball. Yeah, they like baseball, too. Hockey, eh, Eh. not so much. Depends on the market. Some are better than others. I wouldn't have thought that they were soccer fans, though. I mean, that's not even in the top five favorite sports in America. However, now that the World Cup's on, everybody gets all fired up. One in four U.S. soccer fans say they prefer watching soccer over having sex. Do they just mean the major tournaments? That's entirely like, possible. Don't tell me on any given day you'll watch any soccer game over having sex. Because maybe you just haven't had sex. One in four say they would go celibate to see their team win the championship. Ah, okay. But isn't that the way for any sports lover of their team? I would Don't think, you see yeah. a lot of like Leafs fans, for example, being like, yeah, I'd go without sex for that playoff run just just for them to win the cup. Well, first off, would you take that deal? I don't know. Would you go celebrate? How long are the playoffs? The playoffs are what, four they're rounds? Be, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think they're four rounds. Are they four? I think it's four rounds. If I said, Cat, few weeks, if you can manage to keep it in your pants for a few weeks. Yeah, I might do that to see the Leafs win the cup. I think I would too. Because I know that'd be a celebration if they won. That would for everybody. You know, pop and champagne is at the minimum. If Toronto ever wins the Stanley Cup, you will measure that on the Richter scale. Yeah. That's how much wanna... impact there's gonna be when the yeah. final horn goes. And if you're telling me I can guaranteed see that, yeah, I would probably do that. Well, what about this proposition? Seventy two percent would have sex while soccer is on TV. All right. 
8% would even position themselves so they can see the TV while they're having sex. If, 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 if your husband was, I don't know, maybe he's a huge Saudi Arabia fan and Saudi Arabia is playing Argentina. Actually, that was a big upset this morning. Saudi Arabia beat Argentina 2-1. Let's say he's a big Saudi soccer fan and the game's mm. on and he's like, honey, I really want to, but I don't want to miss the game. So I need you to scooch around this way so that I can see the TV. Oh no! You, Such a you'd turn say off, no like the noises. Can I put it on? Can I put it on mute at least? I don't want to hear those commentators. Why are all the commentators in soccer British? By the way, are there no other soccer commentators available, or do they only use <laughs> British ones for the, the big tournament? I feel like all the references to balls would make me giggle too much. Uh. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, you could probably do a ton of that. So. You'd say no. Is that what we're going? Yeah, well, or yes, but if, if it's on this mute. This is why I don't like soccer. There's not enough breaks. Then the breaks are random when there are, you know, a lot of whistles and stops every now and again, kind of like football. I like like the solid breaks. That's why I like a good, like, give me, give me a good three-period Leaf game. I'll take that because I know when the breaks are and I know how long it's going to take. 20 minutes? Yeah, it's yeah. perfect. Even baseball's got a seventh-inning stretch. <laughs> <laughs> it's not as long as the periods between <laughs> hockey, but... Stretches in the name. The annual rankings of companies and industries that people like and dislike is out. They do it every year towards the end of the year. And we've reached a new low. Uh Uh-oh. The least respected industry out there. The one that most people have no time for at all is the tobacco industry. Oh, okay. The companies that make your smokes, the DeMauriers and players and Paul Malls of the world are the lowest rated company just a little bit behind the news media. The news media. Jesus. There it is. Yeah, People me- fucking hate us. Yeah, no, media <laughs> is a dirty word that I don't even use it anymore. I hate when they have those drop-down lists of like your occupation when you're filling out forms and stuff. I try to avoid using the word. And I hate when they have the drop-down list and you have no choice because that's the only category can possibly fall under. I don't like it for that reason. Because I know that once you say media, mm, I don't consider myself in the news media, though. I really don't. No. I don't you don't con- really do news, though. Yeah, exactly. That's why I wouldn't consider myself in that bracket. But, of course, the company that we work for. Is a news company. Is, is in that category. <laughs> it's got to be tough to be a reporter out there right yeah, now. Yeah. Every time I see an outtake from a reporter that's doing a live eye hit or something, there's somebody driving by telling them to fuck off. Yeah. It's bad. Or calling them fake news. It's bad. So tobacco is the- Do people still do that, by the way? The fake fake news. Uh, Some people do. There's a lot of people who feel like over the last couple of years, the media has either been complicit in in not reporting key details about the pandemic or that they're flat out lying. Right. I thought- if you go back and listen, on average, we were pretty pretty fair, but we get lumped in with the rest of these assholes of course we do. that keep telling you to get your boosters. <laughs> like, fuck off. It isn't, we're, it's not the same thing. So tobacco is the worst, followed by the media. We came in lower than the cable company. No. How did the cable company oh. get a more favorable rating than the media? That's actually bad, by the way, for those for those two firsts right there. Because you got the media and the cable companies as one when you're talking about your Rogers and your Bells. Oh, that's So they right. really got fucked on that one. Just a little higher than the media, the tobacco companies, and the cable company is the insurance company. What? Really? Nobody likes their insurance company. You guys are full of shit. You're being way too critical of the media if you like your insurance company better than us. Yeah, that's brutal. We don't charge you. 
No, it's free. You can watch it or listen to it anytime for nothing. Hmm. You know what came in? Fifth. So this is ahead of tobacco, media, cable, and insurance. Pharmaceutical companies. What? I, I don't believe them. you. I, don't, I didn't think about them. Wow. Okay. I would have thought that they were persona non grata for a lot of people. But these pharmaceutical companies, while they may have a questionable reputation and ethics when it comes to uh, COVID bivalent boosters and bullshit like that, uh, some of the drugs they make are quite popular. In fact, sure. right now, there's people tripping over themselves and paying way too much money just to try and get some kids' Advil or Tylenol. Oh, no, you're telling me. And, and, you know, it's a lot of the same companies that you shit on for COVID vaccines that are also making the stuff that you really want, like, and need. Uh, yeah, it's true. It's a love-hate, maybe. Maybe that's why they didn't, they didn't do too bad, because it is a love-hate. Did you, uh, was it you that told me there's like a million drugs coming in for kids to Canada? So according to Health Canada, Health Canada just talked about this. You know how many DMs I get, by the way, and apologies, maybe we haven't talked about it enough, the the Tylenol and Advil shortage, because I've been getting a lot of DMs about this too. We have mentioned it before, of course, but imports, um, imports of fever meds are coming. They're coming and apparently it's going to be next week. Health Canada says a foreign supply... (laughs) <laughs> it's how messed up is it that we have to get a get a foreign supply of this this is canada in 2022 a foreign supply of children's medication for reducing fever and pain has now been secured they announced yesterday that the supply will be available for sale at retail and in community pharmacies in the coming weeks uh mainly next week uh they had said they said by the end of next week you'll see it on shelves uh, this time, Canadians should buy only what they need. Yes, we know this, but people don't listen to that. Exactly how much medication is coming was not disclosed. Uh, but I think one person with Health Canada said it's in like it's at least a million that's coming for next week. They said they carefully reviewed the imported products, found they were safe and effective. Oh, that's good. Nice. All information on dosing. Everything and re- is safe and yeah. effective these days. Well, you know what the you know what the biggest issue is is apparently like how we control uh, the boxes, how we control the packaging for Canada is so strict, particularly when it comes to medication, that it has to go through this process. So they literally had to check all information on dosing, ingredients, and cautions and warnings and make sure that they're available in both English and French for this. Oh, get so out of here. I'm not sure what they're doing to make sure of this um, because it is a foreign, that's all they'll say. We don't even know where it's coming from. How messed up is it that we don't even know where it's coming from? Wait, we bought a foreign supply, but we don't know where it's coming from? Yeah, they're from? not saying here. Oh, come on. Um, Yeah. Uh, They say... Health Canada is just swinging a miss every single time they open their mouths. How does Teresa Tam still have a fucking job? I don't understand how this woman is still employed when she's in charge of Public Health Canada. It's crazy. Look, the main thing is, um, unfortunately, that's that's one of the reasons why the hospitals are overrun right now, particularly when it comes to children. But they have already given a... I'm sorry, I hit the oh, wrong button. You go ahead. They have already given a ton to hospitals. Um, so if your Good. kid is in dire need, unfortunately, that and you can't and you truly can't find any on the shelves. But like this article suggests, and like Health Canada suggests, definitely take what you need because every now and again they do that, Scott. They because I know that you, you don't have kids, so I assume you haven't really looked at the sh- that area of I, the pharmacies. I don't have young kids. You don't have young kids, but right. anyone who would have children's Tylenol, I mean, no, in your life. So when you go to these places, you, you'll notice the gap. You'll notice a big gap in those aisles, whether it's a shopper's drug mart, whether it's at a 
pharmacy at Sobeys or, or Zares. It doesn't even matter where it is, but you'll find that gap. Every now and again, there are stores that are stocking shelves. But what happens is word gets out real quick because people are put it, posting it on groups. There's now Facebook groups dedicated to where you can find these. And if they don't say minimum, you know, limit to each or something like that, it's gone by the time you go try to get it. Oh. Uh. If it's limit two each, can a mom go in and buy two and dad goes in and buys two? Oh, yeah. I mean, of course, you can you can, so, you can play yeah. the system a little bit and people will be doing that. But they Health Canada says in the coming weeks, they're hoping to solve the problem and not just help with the backlog, but also have enough on the shelf, not just for those people who don't have any at home, but also enough to procure more than one, I assume, for why, the time being. Why do we have no ability to slow down and use common sense in this country? Hey, in, we're a bilingual country. Sure, we should have packaging that's in both official languages. But when it's an emergency, it's an emergency. And if we don't happen to have it available in French, come up with a different plan. By the way, I not once have seen the French instructions for any of the vaccines that Health Canada keeps pushing on everybody right now. Not once have I seen the French version of it. Nobody even offered it to me. So apparently it's not that not, big a None deal. of that shit should matter when it comes to when you're when you're out something that's fucking your hospital system up. You shouldn't yes. this shouldn't be in a, this shouldn't be something that we need to do. And like you suggested, I mean I, I like that suggestion. Why don't we just put QR codes on stuff? If you do need French, here, click this. Or English. Look, I don't even care. I'll click it and check the dosage. Give me the QR code that links me to the exact. They're worried about dosage and, and everything else at this point, too, because people are just grabbing bottles and maybe they're not. I don't know. Like, who cares, though? Can, like, it's fine. If it's in French or English, you can still tell what it is. Things have really changed. I mean, I distinctly remember when I was younger with my nice little Scottish grand that if I needed uh, pain medication, it was almost always whiskey or scotch or sherry. When I was teething, oh, rub some whiskey on his teeth. There was a number of things. Uh, a hot toddy would be a remedy, obviously with not the full amount of alcohol. But, I mean, we actually had booze to, to right. make us feel better in a lot of cases. And nobody tries anything like that anymore. No, no. Well, when it comes to fever reduction, that doesn't help, though. No, but it makes I, you feel better about it, having a fever. <laughs> But yeah, it I mean, also calms the parents' nerves. I mean, a I bit. see what you mean, especially like whiskey. And the, you don't, nobody does it. And if they do it, nobody talks about it. That's for sure. See, I wonder if people do do it and just that's they're worried I mean. about being nobody judged. talks about it. Yeah. If they do, no one's saying it. Mm -hmm. Of course, people are judgy enough. People would be judgy if you gave. Some people would be judgy if you even gave your kids Tylenol or Advil or any number of things that, that people do. Uh, it's People are judging no matter what, so why would you? You mentioned the hospitals, and a charter challenge was issued yesterday in Ontario. It's a health coalition that's taking the Ford government to court over this controversial bill that allows the government to, sorry, the hospitals to charge $400 a day if someone should be in a long-term care home but doesn't want to leave the hospital. If they refuse to go and there is a space available somewhere, even if it's not close, they get charged $400 a day. So this health coalition has launched a lawsuit. And I'll be honest with you, as I think about it, I don't know if there's any other options here. I don't want to charge seniors and vulnerable people $400 mm. a day, but we can't keep them in the hospitals. There's just not enough room. The system is imploding, and it was stretched thin to begin with before COVID. So if we've got somebody in a hospital, they don't need to be there. They just need regular care. Most of the time, you can just check into a local nursing home or long-term care home but we don't have enough spaces in some of the more populated areas. Yeah. So now in Southern Ontario, they can move you up to 70 kilometers away. It's 150 kilometers in Northern Ontario. If you did happen to go the full distance, you'd be pretty far away from home 
or pay 400 bucks a day to stay in the hospital. I know it seems cruel to some people. I know it seems inhumane to charge these people, but I don't know of another way to do it. I mean, I didn't know we were still wrestling with this situation. Well, it's law now. And as of this past weekend, they can start charging whether or not they do actually gotcha. charge is up to the hospital. Yeah. But this is a problem. We got to get people out of the hospital. Yeah. In particular, do. the ones that keep finding reasons to end up in the hospital. There's some people who just like the care that they get mm-hmm. or the people that work there. And they're not opposed to, I don't know, slicing a pretty nasty cut into their fingers so they can spend a night in the yeah, hospital. It's not meant to be a place to stay. It is not a long-term home a hospital. It is not. I don't know how this charter challenge is going to go, but I would hope that when this goes in front of a judge, the judge is going to at least consider what the alternative is. We can't have people just taking up spaces in hospitals and taking up the time and resources of nurses and doctors. So I I think the government is probably... I hate to say it. They're probably on the right track with this. I don't know another way to do it. Do you? No, I don't. I couldn't come up with a a better solution. I think that everybody's been given a good timeline here. It's not like they were booted out. Like I said, we were talking about this a while ago. So I think that that's enough warning. I do. The Freedom Inquiry, well, it's not the Freedom Inquiry. It's the Inquiry into the Use of the Emergencies Act in Ottawa last February is into its final week. And it ends... Like all big productions do, with the star of the show, Justin Trudeau is Is, going to take the stand on Friday. On Friday, okay. That's going to be a great piece Mm. of TV. But it's funny, because just yesterday we were talking about this, and, and I said, listen, as long as you're being reasonable about the whole thing, if you're being objective, you have to admit, whether you love Trudeau or you don't, there really hasn't been anything so far that said they had any excuse to actually use the Emergencies Act. Well, hold my beer. In comes the CSIS director yesterday, David Vignon. He says he advised the prime minister to do it, the head of CSIS. So I don't know if this vindicates Justin Trudeau or not, but one thing that came up that was really strange yesterday is he said it did not meet the threshold for involving or invoking the Emergencies Act. I'll say that again. It did not meet the threshold for invoking the Emergencies Act. CSIS has a criteria that they use to determine whether or not this is actually an emergency that would require special legislation. So he said it doesn't meet the threshold. But when Trudeau asked him for advice, he says he told him to do it anyway. Hmm. How can those two things square up? Doesn't meet our threshold? Go ahead and do it. That's bizarre to me, and I really don't know what to make of that? I mean, this is a civil servant essentially rewriting the law. The other thing that was very weird in his testimony yesterday is that he was satisfied that the threat had to be interpreted differently than the CSIS criteria based on advice he received from the Justice Department. So the Justice Department, which is not supposed to direct the police either, apparently went to CSIS and said, oh, no, 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 no. Even though your criteria says it's not an emergency, use this criteria and it is an emergency. Go tell Trudeau to invoke the Emergencies Act. Trudeau might have got off scot-free just by 
this testimony from the director of CSIS. Mm, this seems like a giant mess, by the way. I still see a scenario where they're going to bury Doug Ford and they're going to kick this right back down to if Ontario had acted sooner, if the Ottawa police had acted sooner, none of this would have been necessary. There is a scenario here where this ends up somehow being all Doug Ford's fault. <laughs> so we'll see where we go. Again, the inquiry goes to the end of the week. Another thing that came out of yesterday's testimony was an RCMP threat assessment that revealed the RCMP was worried that protesters would try to find Justin Trudeau's location after arriving in Ottawa last winter. Remember when all those trucks were going down the highway? Everybody was heading for Ottawa, and there were thousands of Canadians waving flags on top of bridge overpasses, cheering the truckers on. It turns out at that time, the RCMP was worried they weren't just going to go and occupy Ottawa or set up in Ottawa. They were going after Trudeau himself. So they say once protest numbers started getting larger in Ottawa, Trudeau and his family were moved to an undisclosed location for security reasons. We talked about this. Do you remember us talking about this at the time? And I said, I guarantee you he's out of here for safety reasons. He's not going to be there because of that reason. But he did go to work. I mean, he was at Parliament at times during the the convoy. He he didn't stay away from the Not Parliament that, like, building for three weekend, weeks. Not that like one weekend though. Remember that like one particular time period where we were talking about it. I knew like we all kind of figured. I think didn't we? I figured. Yeah, get him out of there. There were people that absolutely wanted to kill him. Yeah. Why would you not leave? But the thing is, and then people are like, "Well, you should stand there and take it." Well, fuck. If someone threatened the life, if someone threatened the life of my fucking kids, you bet your ass I'm not going to stay there. In this case. I don't know what the RCMP risk was. Everybody knows where the prime minister lives and works. He works in the PMO, which is across the street from the parliament buildings. The parliament buildings, of course, is where he is during question period and for important votes. Other than that, he's at Rideau Cottage. It's on the grounds of Rideau Hall. You can take a goddamn bus tour there. I don't understand why they were worried that people would figure out where he is. Everyone knows where he is. They weren't going to Rideau Hall. Well, I mean, no, still, if you have a threat, you have a threat and, and we don't know those details. And, and that's totally fine. I'm glad that they did get him to safety because nobody should have to feel threatened like that. It just seems weird that the RCMP, as truckers were heading for Ottawa, were sitting around wondering if people are going to figure out where Trudeau is. Yeah, everybody knows where the guy is. He's in the same place almost all the time. I'm surprised they didn't have more security at Rideau Hall unless they did and they just didn't tell anybody about it. That's another thing we might learn today. The public safety minister, uh, Marco used car salesman Mendicino. (laughs) (laughs) That's a slippery fucker, that guy. I'd love to have a beer with him just to have him talk me. He could probably talk anybody into anything. He's just a, I'll save my adjective for another day. (laughs) Guys, we're done. You have a fantastic Tuesday. Tomorrow, another episode of After 9. As we get a little bit closer to Black Friday, we're going to talk shopping tomorrow because it's weird what people are shopping for this year. Not what I expected at all. That's in tomorrow's podcast. Chat then, friends. New York issued the first licenses to open marijuana dispensaries. Yeah. And if you thought bumping into your teacher at the grocery store was awkward. I mean, it's like... Basically, New York realized everyone's about to see their extended family for Thanksgiving and thought, we need to do this now. After missing eight games, the Brooklyn Nets allowed Kyrie Irving to return to the team. After apologizing for posting a link to an anti-Semitic documentary, it's a miracle. His suspension was only supposed to last for one game, but it lasted eight.
In an effort to cut costs, some airlines are pushing to have only one pilot on flights instead of two. <laughs> then Spirit Airlines was like, yeah, while we're at it, do we really need two wings? I mean, the After 9 podcast is powered by Tony Johal, broker at REMAX Twin City. Your home sold, guaranteed, or he'll buy it. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.